turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, a familiar passage of scripture. I want to set the context for you. Very important for you to understand context. Today I want to talk to you about the difference that Jesus makes in your past, your present, and your future. And I've entitled the message, not just freedom, but real freedom. Uh, There are many religious people who... I guess they're going to make it to heaven, but they're not really walking in freedom while they're here on earth. And Jesus didn't save you just so you could die and go to heaven. This is perhaps a crude illustration, but if that's all there was to salvation, then just come on down here, we'll slit your throat and send you on to heaven so you don't have to go through all the trials and tribulations of life. The Christian life is not just about some place that you're going, but it's you currently are occupying, where you currently live so that you might be bread and life to other people. Would you turn in John chapter 8, and if you have your Bible, just kind of skim back there. We're going to look at verses 31 through 36, I believe it is. Only two verses will be on the screen. Uh, But I want you to understand the context. This is really some great teaching of Jesus. Prior to what we're going to read, he defends his divinity. He is the Son of God. Prior to that, he justifies his ministry. If you see me, you see the Father. And right prior to what we're going to read, most people don't know this. Everybody in the church world is familiar with the passage that I'm getting ready to preach this morning. But they don't know right before this is where the woman was caught in adultery. Now, I always wondered about the man. Doesn't it take two to tango? Where was the man in this dude? And they, of course, quoted from the law of Moses, but they didn't understand the heart of Moses, the heart of God. Anybody caught in adultery should be stoned, but God in the Mosaic law always left room for repentance, always made a way for people to change their mind, to turn to him, to follow him, to repent of their sins and be redeemed. Aren't you glad we serve that kind of a God? Oh, hallelujah. Now, if I preach a little better today, it's because my wife of almost 50 years, Bonnie, is with me. She's over here, but I'm not going to make her stand or wave her hand or anything because then I will be in big trouble when we go out to lunch. She's a nurse at the University of Illinois and tells me what to do every day because I need it. I shouldn't have said that. I tried to get out of being in trouble, but I'm going to be in trouble. All right. (laughs) Acts or Acts. Uh, John chapter 8. Let's stand in honor of God's word if you're able. To honor God's word, let us stand as we read John chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know, gnoso, experience the truth, not just intellectually know the truth, and that experience, that truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. 
Oh, I wish I had time to get into verse 35. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, read this with me, you shall be free indeed. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and give us wisdom to build our lives, understanding to establish our lives, and knowledge to fill our lives with the right kind of riches. Amen. Husbands, kiss your wife on the cheek. If you're single, I just gave you an opportunity. Everybody else may be seated. Only greet one another with a holy kiss. So Jesus said we'll be free when we experience the truth, gnosis the truth. What was he talking about? What was he saying that we would be set free from? Or certainly from the penalty of sin. Because of Jesus, God does not hold your sin, my sin, against me. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. That's the only way we get into heaven is through the sacrificial death, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No man comes to the Father except by him, not through Muhammad, not through Buddha, not through New Age, not through doing crystals over your food before. Only Jesus is how we get into heaven. You've got to be born again. You can't just be religious. You cannot be just a good person. You have to experience salvation, not just understand salvation. It's more than understanding. It's experiencing the new birth. You were like this. Now you're like this. Not because you're a good person, not because you're an educated person, not because you're a wealthy person, but you truly repented of your sins and you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he came into your life and a transformation has begun from the inside out. Man, I got a little bit preachified right there preaching about Jesus and salvation. He sets us free from the penalty of sin the power of sin, someday from the presence of sin, he sets us free from the bondage of sin, the guilt of sin, so wonderful to have the assurance of sins forgiven. Hallelujah. I would never minimize any of that. But on this Sunday morning, I want to be as practical as possible. I want to show you how Jesus sets you free, first of all, from the pain of your past, the pain of yesterday. People get stuck in the past. It's hard for them to get past the past. It causes them to be unhappy. It causes broken relationships. We hold on to hurts. We react to bad things that have happened to us in the past. I've worked with people my whole life. That's my ministry. I'm one of those 50-year ministerial people that you talked about. This year, I get the 50-year little plaque for being credentialed. And then in two years, I get the big 50-year plaque for being ordained. <laughs> big deal. All right, that just means I survived and hung in there. My whole life working with people, I've discovered two basic things that people have a hard time getting over, getting past. Resentment and regret. Resentment over the way other people have treated them, the bad things other people have said about them, done to them. Regret over the way they've hurt other people, done bad things to other people, said bad things about other people, or regret over the way they've hurt themselves. 
And the good news on this Sunday morning is that Jesus Christ can set you free from both of those things. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The prophet Isaiah said, the Lord says, do not remember the former things. Man, that's hard to do. Forget about what has happened before. How many of you know that's hard to do? You're not a human being if you think that's easy to do. Do not think about the past. Instead, look at the new thing I'm going to do. Don't remember the former things. Forget about what's happened before. People say, I'd I'd really like to do that, but I just can't. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they injured me, perhaps, heaven forbid, abused me. I'd like to get past that hurt, but it's so deep, it's so bad. I just can't forget it. I cannot forget it. I cannot let it go. And you're right. And that's why you need Jesus. That's why you need to experience the truth of Jesus. Because only Jesus can set the human heart free from the bondage of hurt and pain. It's humanly impossible to forget the past. Bonnie, when I were out to eat and a guy came up, he hollered at me, hey, Papa G, he goes, you don't even remember me. I said, oh, yeah, I remember you. Called him by name, gave him a hug, and then, you know, we went to that real fancy restaurant called Culver's, and, you know, it bears witness with my flesh, especially the little bit of... Uh, ice cream afterwards, and but we split one, so it was legal there. And and uh, he came over afterwards, and he said, Pastor Grogan, he said, uh, you know, you were meeting with me to try to help me, and you, I cussed you out in your office, and and I just need to apologize. I'm so sorry. I said, Well, bro, I don't even remember it. I don't even re- when you walk with Jesus every day. When you read the Bible, when you walk in the spirit instead of walking in the flesh, God will protect your heart. He will set you free from past hurts. Here's a picture of Corey Ten Boom. Some of you know who she was, a little Dutch lady. I got to hear her speak uh, at the University of Minnesota in St. Paul, Minnesota. When she walked out on that platform and her shoes in front were straight across, you know what I mean? They weren't, I don't know what you call those kind of shoes. And Anyhow, they were straight across. They weren't rounded like this and when she walked out there that little old lady she was in her 80s then I mean the presence of God just came right into that auditorium and she just stood there and told her story of World War II and being in a Nazi concentration camp There's a book out called Hiding Place that the Billy Graham organization published, also a movie that they made on her life story. She used to travel with Billy Graham. Thousands, thousands of people came to Christ because of her testimony. She would always preach on forgiveness. She'd always preach on getting past your past. And they were uh, Jewish sympathizers in Holland and in the Netherlands and they would hide Jewish people in their home and finally the Gestapo found out about it, arrested everybody, sent her parents, put them in cars, uh, train cars like cows and pigs and livestock and shipped them off to a concentration camp where they were exterminated. That's a fancy word for murdered. And then her and her sister were sent to another concentration camp and the guards were vile and corrupt and abusive and and took advantage of all the women. Her sister died young through a miraculous set of circumstances. She was set free and 
after the war, she began to travel and speak about getting past your past and, and experiencing the forgiveness, not only that God gives us, but how we extend forgiveness to each other. You do it to your family, I hope. I hope you don't hold grudges in your family. If you do, then this message is for you today because other than your relationship with Jesus Christ, there's nothing more important than your family. And that's what the church is. It's not an institution. It's the family of God. And that's why we got to move on past our past. And we got to love Jesus with all of our heart and not have anything in our hearts. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, but I'm preaching good right there, buddy. John, can I get an amen? That's a good one, John. I'll take it for a soft-spoken guy. She was preaching in a little Lutheran church somewhere in northern Germany, preaching on forgiveness, getting past the past. She noticed a great big German man sitting back over to her right in the very back, and he never looked at her one time. He was down like this the whole time. And she gave an appeal, and people came forward to be set free from their past, to experience forgiveness, not just the forgiveness of God, but forgiveness that flows out of a clean heart when we choose to forgive others, even if they don't change. And when she was all done praying, that man got up and walked down in front and stood over her big, tall German man. He's crying. He said, Corey, do you know who I am? And she looked up at him, that little bitty short lady. He was the most abusive of all the guards in that women's concentration camp. Vile, wicked, evil and in a half a nanosecond she hated him with everything that a human being could hate another human being with and in her mind she just said Jesus and in another half of a nanosecond she experienced the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ rush through her emotions and they collapsed on the floor and he gave his life to Jesus Christ as she forgave him of all the things he had done to her and others in the past. People always want to know where God is when we hurt. He's close to us, but we've got to be plugged into him. He's not distant, but our relationship with him has got to be right. We all know hurt and pain. I was abused at age five. I was raised poor. We lived in the wrong side of town. We all know hurt and pain. I had two pastors on our church staff die within two months of each other, and walking that congregation through the hurt and the pain of losing a pastor, one to a stroke and the other one to a brain tumor, my wonderful youth uh, uh, worship pastor, one of the most wonderful men I ever worked with in my life at age 47. And I'm walking them through all of that sorrow and all of that difficulty. And after one of our Sunday morning services, a crazy guy came up to me and said, you know why you lost two pastors within two months and why their wives lost their husbands? And I just stared at the guy because I knew he was crazy. He said, because you and their wives did not have enough faith. That's not Jesus. That's false theology. That's false doctrine. That's a doctrine of demons. That's not the Jesus Christ I serve. I don't understand everything about divine healing, but I believe in divine healing, that it's part of the atonement. It's one of our four cardinal doctrines. 
salvation, Holy Spirit baptism, coming of the Lord and divine healing. I've been healed through the skill of a surgeon and through medicine, but I've also been healed of an inch spot of tuberculosis on my left lung at North Central University when Dr. Ray LeVang anointed me with oil and laid his hand upon me and I felt the healing virtue of Jesus Christ flow down my body and up my body and down my body and up my body in just a second of time and I was healed x-rays before and after to prove in the healing virtue of Jesus Christ so many people who feel like Humpty Dumpty nothing could ever put me back together again but you're wrong because God specializes in freedom freedom from the past second Jesus wants to give you freedom from the pressures of today when the pressure's on you need two things you need strength and you need stability and God offers both of them to us the prophet Isaiah said God in Isaiah 40 28 and 29 God never grows faint or weary he gives power to those who are tired and worn out power to the weak he increases our strength you know why people are tired all the time have you noticed that in our western culture we have more helps I mean I, I like my phone I like using Amazon I, I, I got Amazon Prime man I got stuff coming every day it's just I don't have to go shopping the only place God dwells when you're shopping is like you know uh, Bass Pro and places like that but all these other places that you women want to go to God's not there I'm just kidding with you. Just kidding. And I forgot where I was going, but I was sure on a, I was sure on a preach there. You got to be plugged into God. That's what you got to be. Remember when we first got our laptops? I'm working, I'm sitting on the couch, and, and my laptop kept shutting down. And it, I'd reboot it, <coughs> excuse me, and I'd work on it for a little bit, and it'd shut down, and I'm getting all frustrated. And you know why God created women, don't you? Because he knew that the world would cease to exist if men were in charge. <laughs> I knew I'd get a big amen from the women here on that one. And so Bonnie comes over, and, you know, she picks up the cord that was plugged into the outlet, and she's like, is this supposed to be plugged in? <laughs> I wasn't plugged into the power source. No wonder you're stressed out. You're trying to do this thing called life without being connected to the Lord the way you know you should be connected to him. Appliances don't work unless they're plugged into an invisible force called electricity. And it's the same way with your life as a believer in Jesus. If you are not truly connected to Jesus... You talk with him, he talks with you. You sense his presence. You want his presence. You desire his presence. No wonder you're tired and worn out. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, experience the truth. That truth will set you free, and you'll be free indeed when you are plugged in. When you build your life on Jesus Christ, you make him the center of your life, then you can handle anything. And that's the truth. You can handle sickness, you can handle poverty, you can handle persecution, you can handle ridicule, you can handle rejection, you can ha handle every negative emotion that the devil throws at you because you're plugged into Jesus. And you got his love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and temperance flowing through your spiritual veins. Oh, hallelujah. One last thing. Jesus Christ wants to set you free from being so negative, so pessimistic about tomorrow. 
so many negative, pessimistic people, lost faith in all kind of things. But when you really get down to it, at least from my experience in working with people my whole life, people get discouraged and pessimistic and negative about personal issues. They lose hope. They face situations that need to change. They pray about them changing. They believe about them changing. They seek counsel about them changing. And they just don't seem to change. And we lose hope and become pessimistic and negative when we don't know the purpose for which God made us. And the Bible is so clear for the purpose, the reason for which we exist. And so many people go through life and they never discover their purpose in life. Your purpose is bigger than an education. It's bigger than a career. It's certainly bigger than possessions. Certainly bigger than popularity. Bigger than riches. Your purpose in life is to have a relationship with God. That's it. Jeremiah 29 11, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. And I understand the context of that. Jeremiah was actually prophesying the destruction of the Jewish people. And yet in the middle of all of that, because they had sinned, they had gone so far, God says, I have good plans for you. That's what he's thinking about you. I always wondered as a kid what God was thinking about. And I realize now that God is thinking about the future that he has for me, a future that's filled with hope, Jeremiah says. Good plans. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 1.6. It's on the screen. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you. That's grace. God working in you. Will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That gives us hope. He's not done with you yet. Have you failed him? He's not done with you yet. Are you walking backwards instead of forwards? He's not done with you yet. Do you know that your heart's not right? He's not done with you yet. He's working in you. That should give you hope, and you've got to have hope to cope. You can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but we cannot live one nanosecond without hope. The moment we lose our hope, we're no longer living. We're just existing. We're living in this time of rapid change. Can you believe it? I thought the 60s were times of rapid change. This makes the 60s look like cavemen days. Everything is up in the air. Education, medicine, communication. Everything's up in the air. Alan Toffler said in these times we need what are called islands of stability. Things that do not change in our life lives, emotional anchors, spiritual anchors. They hold us down when everything else is blowing apart. Do you have spiritual anchors? Do you have a true relationship with God? I know you're a good person, but are you really connected? The living paraphrase of Psalms 125.1 says, those who trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstance. God Almighty has a gift for you. And that is when you experience his truth. You know his truth. It sets you free from the pain of your past, the pressures of today, and being so pessimistic and negative about tomorrow. It may not seem like it, but he's still in charge because he is the truth. He is the light. He is the way. 
The truth doesn't change. We do, but he doesn't. There used to be an old song that we used to sing. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I've traveled all over Latin America, and I love it in Spanish. Soy feliz, Cristo me salvo. Canto gloria, hallelujah. Cristo me salvo. Will you stand with me, please? I got enough amen, so I wrapped that baby up. <laughs> hallelujah. Could we just lift our hands and receive the word of God here this morning? I don't know. You might even want to hold your Bible up in the air and say, Lord, thank you for your word. I receive your word, Lord. I ingest your word. I feast on your word, Lord. I want to experience the truth of your word, Jesus. I want the truth to set me free from all pain of my past. I want you to give me strength and stability, Lord, for the pressures that I'm going through today with fellow employees at school, in our family, what's happening, what has happened in the world, in the church world. Lord, I need your strength and stability. Jesus, you said you'd give me, you'd set me free. I want to be free indeed. I don't want to be held in bondage. I want to live above these things. I want to make it through these things. I want to stay faithful. Lord, I want to be set free from being negative and pessimistic about the future. I want to understand things the way you understand things. I want to see things the way you see things. I want to perceive things the way you perceive things. You didn't give up on the cross. You went all the way. Help me not to give up, Jesus. Help me not to drop out, walk away. Help me to endure, Lord. Lord, give me the fruit of patience, the fruit of endurance, so that I can do the will of God that I might obtain the promise. Hallelujah. Put your arms down if you're tired. But I'm going to ask you to put them up one more time, and I'm going to ask you to tilt your head up, close your eyes, and praise the Lord out loud. Would you do it? Come on. This is a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you. Come on. Maybe you've never done that. Every teenager in this place, every young adult, every mom and dad, every grandma and grandpa, would you thank the Lord for the freedom that he's given you? It's real freedom. It's not self-talk freedom. It's not, and we're not against any of that kind of stuff. But it's the freedom that Jesus gives way down deep in your soul that no matter how much the pain, how much the difficulty, how much the darkness, how much the confusion, you know that it's going to be okay because of his promise of freedom.